Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. It's an energy builder. I'm Mark Pugh, Pastor Outreach and Operations, and uh, I'm thankful to be here with you guys here and for everybody watching online. Thanks for, for coming out. You know, my family just really enjoys the worship here at the Vine. They enjoy it most every week as we get to sing songs like In Christ Alone, and we get to do that as a family, as an extended church family, and that's important because, just like the video says, family, family matters. You know, there's a, there's a concept in the Bible of, of one, that we're one body, we're one family in God. And we see that a lot in Scripture, and we're going to see that a little bit today. Um, but before we get going, I just want to ask you guys something. This is for the guys. How does this make you feel? So you've had a hard day at work. Maybe you had some conflict with your boss or you lost a sales deal or a client. It was just a rough day and you come home and the first thing that happens is it's like, hey, could you help me do the dishes? Or better, hey, you forgot a dish and you didn't put it in the dishwasher again. Okay, or maybe it's something different like later that night you hear, I'm tired. Or maybe it's not a question, it's a thought you had like, I really want to deserve to go on this hunting trip or this golf outing. So you know what? I probably better go ahead and start earning some points. So it'll grease the skids, it'll be, it'll be okay. These things we, we all do, um, but I'm gonna let you in on a little secret at the Pew household. I thought about this, I'm like, at our house, 80 to 90% of all of our issues are right over here. My wife, I mean, she's the problem, right? I assumed everybody would go with me on that. And, and so what does that look like? Well, so sometimes she expects me to do some chores. Yeah, and she wants me to proactively love her often. Okay, so before you throw her under the bus, I need to tell you guys, I'm a little bit nervous. There are some other women that have those same expectations. You know, maybe I'm being a little dramatic, but the reality is we oftentimes think it's at least 51% her, right? We do that. And I'm gonna tell you right now, guys, if you are having those thoughts, I'm questioning whether, because we all do this, are we, are we leading our families in a godly way? If that's how we're thinking, you know, even if we've got a great marriage, we think because we've got this thing figured out, we've been doing it for years and years and years and years, not a lot of conflict. I'm telling you, listen up this morning because this passage is good for us. As we learn to submit to the father, we'll see freedom in our own life and we'll see freedom with our wife and our marriage will better flourish. It is worth it. See, love can be hard. We know that it makes marriage challenging. This is not meant to be some sort of degrading statement about our wives. It's a reality that, that living with the best interest of others 
That's hard, especially when we know each other so intimately and we know how to push each other's buttons. We know how to manipulate the other person. Even if we're not trying, that happens. And this is compounded with, we, we have the deepest bond two people can share, but we're not the same. We want love and we give love differently. We have different backstories that, that makes living together really, really challenging. And this is compounded by our society's thought, view, what we take in, that we ought to be able to find somebody that completes me. You know, I, I love my bride, and I'm pretty convinced Rhonda is going to make me happy forever and satisfy my every need. Yeah. I mean, she basically needs to be Jesus. So let's talk about Jesus a little bit. How does he help us with this relationship thing? You know, last week we started this new series called Family Matters. We're in Ephesians 5. And Pastor John started off talking to us about godly submission. And that's a hard word. It's a hard concept for us to deal with today. Nobody really likes to submit. But as we talked last week, we submit to each other. But in that, the wife is supposed to submit to her husband. So this week, we're going to look at what the man's call is. And the man's call is to love our wife. And this is not your normal kind of love. It's not like a normal, easy kind of love. This is godly, sacrificial kind of love. The only way we're going to do this kind of love is through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, as, as husbands, we've got to continuously change our perspective and give it over to God to let him take our selfishness away from us. If you're single, I'd ask you to hang in here because I really believe that these topics, this, this sermon is, is applicable to most all of our relationships. And if you happen to be a young man, this is really the time to listen up because God, through the Apostle Paul, is going to tell us what is the standard that you ought to be going after to love your future bride with. I'll tell you this standard, it, it is attractive. Young women should be looking for this. And if you happen to have any kind of interest in one of my daughters, yeah, this is my standard that I'm looking for. Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's open up our Bible. We're going to look at about our man's call to love his wife. This is Ephesians 5, 25. Let me first pray. Lord, we love you. And we're thankful. Thankful we can laugh at some of this stuff. But Father, this is hard. So help us. Lord, help us with any distractions we might have this morning to lose those. Open our ears, our minds, our hearts up to your word. Let us each individually understand this the way that you would have us understand it so that we can learn how to sacrificially love others, that we would submit to you today, Lord. Grow us. It's in your wonderful son's name we pray. Amen. So Ephesians 5. 25 to 30, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, so that she might be holy without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. 
So to sort out as you know, we as men, how we're going to learn to love our wives, we're going to do this. We're going to answer five questions today. So these five questions are, we'll, we'll go through these as we go. So you don't have to write them all down this second, but you can grab a few if you want. What kind of love are we talking about? How does Christ love us? Why does Christ love us? What are our heart issues that prevent us from loving our wives? And then how then are we to love our wives? And we're going to do this using the study approach that we've been working on the last month or so called comma. And just a refresher here, a comma is an intentional pause in our lives to be refreshed and studied in God's word. So let's go ahead and, and break this down. So the first, the C. What's the C stand for? Context. Yeah, that's awesome. Y'all remember that's impressive. Uh, context. You know, this is a super interesting book. The Apostle Paul happens to be in jail while he's writing it. So his tone Seems like he's in a lot better place than I would be if I was in his circumstance. It's pretty crazy. He's in jail. So as we think about the context, it's good to understand what's historically going on. And you can get that through maybe a good study Bible or through a chronological Bible if, if you're really looking for such a thing. But um, the other things we look for in context is who, who's this written to? It's the Church of Ephesus. And then additionally, it's good sometimes to look a little behind our passage, a little in front of our passage, maybe a paragraph, maybe read the whole, the whole book. But in this case, it was really important because in verse 21, a few verses before this, we see that we are supposed to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And that really sets the tone for our passage in our sermon series. So now let's, let's talk. That's context. Let's talk observations. Observations, that's, again, we need to do this to help understand what the meaning of the text is. And so as we uh, look around, we, we can do kind of a quick scan of all five verses. And, uh, and we're looking for words like, do they repeat a lot? Is there a word I don't understand? Is there a word that might have multiple meanings? All this is, is really important for us to understand the meaning of the passage. Maybe there's a phrase Something like a, a so that, that, that would help us understand uh, the, the passage better. So when I uh, looked this up, I found a couple words that didn't, I thought I kind of knew, but I looked those up. So we'll get into those in the Greek here in a, in a minute. And uh, I came up with three questions that I thought were important as we observe the text. And so the first question is, what kind of love is this? See, anytime you see the word love in scripture, you need to pause and kind of start wondering, well, wonder what kind of love this, this really is because it affects the passage. And so using different uh, applications to help us look at the root, the Greek language here, use logos, it's kind of a complicated one. Blue Letter Bible is a free app on your phone. Blue Letter Bible will help you do all sorts of things like this. Um, I found that this is the Greek word agape. And uh, it's different than two other types of love, which is eros and phileo. So we're going to see this in verse 25. And verse 25 says, Husbands, love agape your wives. As Christ loved agape, the church, and gave himself up for her. So before we talk about this agape love, let's look at what kind of love this isn't. So it's, it's not eros, which is a physical love. It's the kind that, that's tied up with meeting my needs physically or intimately. It's like, I'm really, I'm attracted to my wife. But that's really all about me and my needs. 
And phileo is a little bit different. It's about kind of that friendship love. It's a mutual love. It's a, a brotherly love. It's like you can count on me kind of love. But sometimes you hear, hey, I, I thought you were my friend because you didn't meet my friendship needs. So agape, it's different. It's God's love for you, and that's really important for the meaning of this verse, this passage. So from Wikipedia, easy place to grab something from. I thought, I wonder what this says about this. And it says it, uh, it embraces a universal, unconditional love that transcends and persists regardless of circumstances. It goes beyond just the emotions to the extent of seeking the best for others. See, this kind of love, it doesn't have anything to do with ourselves. It has nothing to do with you. When we agape somebody, we're doing it on behalf with an ex, of somebody else with an expectation of nothing in return. Regardless of what you're going to receive, you're going to love. Love without expectation, that's an amazing thing. So guys, when we're washing the dishes without being told next time, no expectation. You know, reality is this kind of love, it's, it's a lot bigger than doing a chore. You know, we've talked before here that love equals sacrifice in action. We're called to love agape, our enemies. We don't have to like the people we love. Most of the time when you love somebody that you don't really like, you don't want to hang out with them, but you love them, that's sacrifice. We see this a little bit in Romans 8. I mean, Romans 5. Romans 5, verse 8 says, while we were sinners, which is we were in rebellion, Christ died for us. This is agape love. He got nothing in return, nor did he expect anything in return. When he was dying for us, he knew we would let him down, but he still died for us. You know, the summary teaching here is we can't do this agape love on our own. You know, if we were to be honest and we thought about all the people that God has put in our life, we'd probably sound pretty terrible at this sacrificial love because we really do expect something in return. I've found the only way I can do this is by submitting to the Holy Spirit. That's the only way. It's relying on, on the Spirit to direct my steps. So we've, we've answered this, what is agape? What is this love? It's agape love. And so now let's go look at the second question that we observed, and that's how does Christ love us? We can see this in verses uh, 25 to 27. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that we might, he might present the church to himself in splendor without a spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish so cool little historical tie back to this back in the old times a bride would she would take a a, a ceremonial bath to cleanse herself for her husband and i think maybe when paul's talking about the church and being presented without a spot or wrinkle he might be talking about the the wedding dress how beautiful the wedding dress is without spot or wrinkle see the problem is in our case and today being saints in the church we can't cleanse ourselves. we have lots of spots and wrinkles 
And the only way we can be cleansed is for Christ to cleanse us. We can see the answer to this question, I think, right in the text itself. How does Christ love us? And it says, Christ loved us, the church, by dying for us to sanctify us. This is how he loved us. When I was looking at this text, again, this is one of the words I was like, I wonder what sanctify means. I want to make sure I understand that. So I looked up the Greek and it says, to make holy, to dedicate her to service. So Christ has cleansed us with the word so that we can look at the word together and we can point one another to its truths. We can point each other to how we can love others through service. That's a beautiful gift he gives us. And he presents us as spotless to, the, to God the Father that we're no longer under judgment for our sin, that Christ took away the penalty. We no longer have a spot or a wrinkle or any such thing. We're viewed as holy by God the Father. You know, because we're spotless, we really don't have to shape our wives. We don't have to shape each other, right? God's got that covered. We, we can be satisfied in his work in our wives' life and not feel like we have to improve her. That's God's job. Okay, so 1998, that's a great year, right? You guys remember it like it was yesterday. Rhonda and I got married, 1998, and Tennessee won the national football championship. It's a great year. Okay, but going into our marriage, it was a little bit scary. We were both a little bit fearful. We were having a little struggle. And so I said, hey, let's go, let's go write down three lists. Um, one list is everything that I love you. Why? The reasons why I love you. It's great. And then another list is like, what are some things I ought to do different maybe that I think bug you? And maybe you write down, I'll write down some things for you on how you can improve for me. That was a great idea. So, and in that, you know, we realized, because Ron did the same thing, we realized Rhonda kind of struggled to close doors, like cabinet doors. I mean, how do you marry somebody that's struggling to marry? So, anyways, we go through the exercise, and it is fantastic. It was a great, great deal. And I tell you, a Christian or not a Christian, it's not a bad thing to write down all the reasons why you love your bride. That's kind of fun. And think about how you can do things better. So the problem came four years later. It's 2002 and I'm doing something. I happen to stumble on this list. And I'm like, that was a great idea back then. Let's do that again. So we do it again. And it turns out in 2002, Rhonda learned how to close a cabinet door and closet doors. And she'd done everything else on her list, but not so much for me. My list was still the same from four years ago. It's not agape love. I wasn't sacrificing for my wife. Yeah, I was forwarded an article entitled uh, Love Her by Boyd Bailey a couple of days ago. Never, heard, never had read anything from Boyd, and, but this one caught my eye. It was really applicable to this. I just want to read a few quotes from it. It says, uh, what does a woman long for from her husband? Simply love. A husband's love is like a fresh breath from heaven for a wife who feels vulnerable and at times Fearful. His love is a rock of refuge after she reels from a, a relational conflict at work, church, or from another family member. The love of her husband goes a long way in satisfying that deep desire of a woman to love and be loved. Guys, we've got to love our wives like Christ 
loves us. Let's move to our third question. Why does Christ love us? So while I was working on this sermon, I came to terms with the fact that I don't think Jesus loves me because I'm as awesome as I think I am. The reality is I start looking at agape love and I realize, yeah, I'm not that awesome. I don't love Christ like he loves me. I don't ever have that kind of sacrificial love. It's hard. I don't do it. But I think we can see why he loves us, at least partially why he loves us in this verse. And, And if we look at verse 30, we see because we are members of his body. Love is is God's very nature. God is love, and and his love for us ultimately brings him glory. See, we are individuals in the church, and we all have a part of his body, and he loves his body. He loves all of us, all of us individually, each one. And the fact that we're made in his image brings us value. It brings all humans value, and we should love all humans, regardless of whether they think like us or vote like us or look like us. This is important. We all have a role to play. It's because of his body that we represent fully as individuals. We have this role and we're in his, we're his ambassadors. We're Christ ambassadors. And as we do that well, because of his love, we bring him glory. This is, this is one of the beauties of our faith, that we're his family and enjoy his love. So, you know, if you're not a follower of Christ, You're never going to understand this love. There is nothing that will truly free you from what is in this world without Jesus' love. You know what? He loves us simply because we're his. Not because of anything that we've done or going to do. Yes, there are things we ought to do. We ought to go love our neighbor. But that is not why Jesus loves us. This might be shocking, but I think he loves us in spite of what we do. The reality is, I probably will struggle to think about him a ton tomorrow, but he still loves me. We can't do this kind of agape love without him. We are dependent upon him. Okay, so we've looked at our observation. We've we've answered three questions. So we're back on comma. We're looking at the first M, and the first M is meaning. So let's talk about what does it mean. So we kind of understood the context. Submit to one another. That was important. We understood a, a little of the observation, especially what love definition was. Um, so that helps us. And to me, it's, it's pretty simple. This one's pretty simple. The meaning is men, we're supposed to love our wife like Christ loves us. It's pretty simple. So let's go ahead and move on. It's still hard. The fourth uh, part of the comma is the second M, which is motives. This is a great one to always ask ourselves when we're reading the Bible, what's our motive? What's our heart issue that's preventing us from wanting to obey? And this question, this fourth question is what heart heart issues keeps us from loving our wives? Guys, I'd, I'd ask you to really think about that right now. What heart issues keep us from loving our wives? I'd take that home with me. I'm going to. The answer of that question probably has a huge impact on whether your marriage is going to flourish next week or not. You know, our our answers, they all vary. We've all got different backstories. We're all wired differently. So we have different heart issues. But we have something in common. 
And that's where all broken and fallen together. And that's okay. We, that happened in Genesis 1. You know, a lot of us, we've not had this modeled for us. So that makes it hard. But we got to know grace. Grace can cover all things. We just need to be open to his work in our lives to change. You know, we can't do this without trusting Jesus for everything. Everyone has different expectations of love. And to be honest with you, most of our expectations are a mess. They're unrealistic. Love is scary because you get hurt in it. Love is often about me. You know, some specifics that I think we struggle with as men, we, we value our careers way too much. We value our hobbies, our interests. You know, I deserve to watch this game or to go on this hunting trip. I do. I deserve it. Or to play for me, play Madden football. I deserve to play that. I provide for my family. We struggle with the fact that our wives don't sometimes love us the way we expect or want to be loved. We struggle with really believing that the Lord's in control of my kids. We don't trust that. We don't trust him for our time. And all that adds up to us struggling to give ourselves away to our wives. So I've got, a, I've got another great example here. You guys know, a lot of y'all know, my wife um, had scoliosis. She's got three really long steel rods in her back. Amazing uh, surgery about four years ago, reconstructed it. She had a surgery when she was 14, and things are good right now. But about a decade ago, uh, we were in the middle of a lot of different things, and we went in to have a myelogram done. When I say we, she had the myelogram done. And uh, it was a dye injection into her spinal cord. They usually go fine. So we go home. That was to help us set up for a new procedure we we're going to have to do. And uh, so we go home, and she's sick. And she's sick on day two. And then day three starting to roll around, and I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. This is not the part of the plan. She needs to figure this out. Because I'm busy, and I got some important meetings I got to get to. I'm an important guy. I was like working on a marketing firm back then. It was like, this has got to get done. So I, that morning, I'm like, baby, you can do this. You're going to be all right. You were a little better yesterday. I can, you, you're going to be fine today. Don't worry about the fact you got whatever, a three and a six-year-old. You're going to be fine. So here I go. I'm out the door to go to this important business meeting, which I can't remember what it was about. Uh, and the six-year-old comes after me and says, hey, Dad, Mom's throwing up again. Maybe, maybe work's not a great idea. <laughs> not agape love. I don't think I was her rock of refuge. You know, the, the good part about that is now there's a lot of people in here thinking, well, my husband's not that bad. You know, guys, please pause and think about what behavior is causing you to do this stuff. What are the issues of your heart? Is it your need for advancement? Is it approval? Is it comfort? Is it control? These things are preventing your marriage from flourishing. You've got to get a handle on this. And the only way to do it is to go to God for it. This is the sin that is beneath the sin. This brings us to our last question. How are we to love our wives? So by now, you probably figured out, the answer is, well, we really can't without Christ. This is the message of the gospel. This is agape love. We see just a little more on it in verse 28 and 29. It says uh, in 28, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves 
his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated their own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. So, so we're a part of, all of us, we already said this, we're a part of Christ's body. But our brides are a part of our bodies. So men, we should want our wives to flourish from us. We see two, two great words here. I, I looked these two up too because it was, you know, they're big words for me. Nourish, cherish. What, what do they really mean? And so nourish meant to provide for. And cherish means to care for, to take care of. And providing for our wives and, and taking care of our wives, that's a way that we demonstrate love to them. We put their needs in front of our needs. And this is not easy to do because we're hardwired to put our needs first. You know, as, as men, I think we tend to think, oh, I'm providing for my family. You know why I did that? I had it. We got a good house. We filled it up with a lot of great stuff. Hey, we took a great vacation not long ago. This is how we provide. But I think what we're talking about here is, is providing for it in a, in a different way. It's not just a, a life of, of ease that we've got to provide for our wives emotionally and spiritually. Our wives are right in front of us. They're right in front of us. But how often are we really listening? Are we really present for them? Or are we thinking about other stuff? Guys, do you study your wife? Do you know her love languages? Does she feel pursued by you? You know, I think your wife wants to feel like she's number one. Rhonda and I, we, we used to pray a lot on Sundays and we'd do this little exercise. We'd talk about what are, what's an RBA, a relationship building activity. So if you all know me, that sounds like something Mark would do. He'd plan it out. And, but the reality was it might be a silly little exercise, but she knew I was after her. She knew I was going to give her my time and she was important. Have you asked your wife lately, how does she need love from you? You know, this is a critical point. Teens, young women, I'm begging you to listen up right now. Do not put your trust and hope in a man that is not going to intentionally submit to the Lord. And I'm not talking like a little bit of prayer time and a little bit of church time. That's not the submission I'm talking about. You should see him regularly and intentionally going after the Lord to understand what are the decisions in his life or else you should not be with him. He cannot lead you or influence you in a godly way if he is not doing that. His involvement with your life will not lead you to be free or flourish in God's grace. You know, if, if you're already married and you feel this way, I'm sorry. It's hard. Right here, right now, there's a lot of us that struggle to submit to the Lord and how we love our wives. And there's a lot of women that struggle to love and submit to the Lord and the way they love their husbands. This is true. But God brings us grace, and grace can change anything. You have to believe that. Guys, in, in, in John 8, 28 to 32, Jesus tells us that he submits to the Father always. He 
submits to the Father always. I know this seems a little crazy for us to follow that in terms of our how we're brought up and our thinking, but if we do this, I promise you, you will be set free. Men, please, love your wives like Christ loves you by submitting to him first. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. This is hard, but we love you. Help us to learn what true submission looks like, Lord. Help us to to believe that that is freeing. Lord, help us to want to care and provide for our wives in the way that you would have us care and provide for them. Lord, you are good. As we come together as to take a meal together, Lord, to enjoy communion with you, I just pray that you would help us know and be grateful for the fact that you have gotten rid of all our spots and all our wrinkles, that you've cleansed us and we're holy because of your work on the cross. And we give you thanks for that, Lord. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.